What's up, pod fiends? I am clipping the shit out of my microphone. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Will Produces. Uh, as always, joined by Clan Dad, Perk FGC, and our first ever return guest. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Bartley, back once again to bless our eardrums. Blessing I, thought said, eardrums. I thought you said burst eardrums, and I was He's like, He's here to fair. burst them or bless them. I guess I mean, it depends on how your day's going. Bless, burst, sometimes they're one of the same thing. Guys, uh, we are the Caffeines. If you guys are not familiar with us, we are a caf- uh, we are Caffeines clan. We're a Destiny 2 we clan, clan that uh, is primarily bonded together, uh, similar to the Caffeine Molecule. Um, real fast, guys, before we get into it, is tradition on the show to cheers a caffeinated beverage. So let's do that. The toasty. What cheers. are you drinking, Will? What do you got, Sean? I see you with the mug. Yeah, well, I mean, Will's got... Monster. Big Kyle energy today, you know. I got some yeah. coffee I roasted myself. This is a uh, Ooh. yeah, blend of Guatemala and Brazil. Medium roast. Really good. Beautiful. Okay. Not usually what I drink at night, but it was what I grabbed to brew up before tonight. So, but I got hey. it. You love to see it. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I have fallen on hard times as a caffeine. Um, I've been trying to reset my caffeine tolerance because your boy likes to indulge in pre-workout uh, on the daily, and I realized it wasn't affecting me as much. So I went since, like, Sunday with, like, very minimal caffeine. I think I had, like, before this monster, I had, like, one iced tea, and like one matcha latte and i was like shaking and i was like i couldn't do it i gotta get a monster matcha is insane matcha has so much caffeine i learned about that like through my years of barista in i would drink matcha and i would just like my heart would like palpitations i would get all like shaken i'm like what is going on i had a matcha tea and then i you know did my research and realized it's just like it's intense it's the raw leaf right yeah so it's like pure caffeine well don't get that I learned today, and also... Oh, you didn't know that. That's why this occurred. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, like, it was just, like, I was shaking from the withdrawal, because normally I'm just, like, mm. to the wall. But, guys, this is, of course, a Destiny podcast. Um, we Last week, we had a big bombshell, which was the Xbox um, reveal yeah, of Stasis. This week, not so much. Um, before we get into that, I want to know what you guys have been grinding this past week. Sean, let's start with you. What have I been grinding this week? Um, man, there's a couple of things that I really want. Um, I want one of those death adders again because I just realized I, I learned the other day. It was the first day I realized this, that you could get dragonfly on that, apparently. Yes. So that's interesting. So that's what I want to grind for, but I haven't been running the dungeon. Um, right now, I'm trying to get one of them, them swords, um, the with the falling guillotine or whatever oh, it is. I don't have a god roll on that yet for some reason, and I've, you know, got a ton of them, but I just can't seem to get the um, perfect perk on that. So, whirlwind was it? Whirlwind. Uh, uh, rap, or, uh, rapid hit whirlwind. Yeah, rapid hit whirlwind. Relentless, relentless whirlwind, yes. and then there's what's a version. The tireless a whirlwind. Tree. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, you can get that with a choice option to surround, which is my sleeper pick for that being the god roll. So Having sleeper both. simulant pick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I, I mean. There's not, 
not a ton of like we've been grinding weapons. That's the fun about this season though is that you can like there's so much grind gear. Weapons. There's so oh, yeah. much gear. Perk, how about you? I see Moose we got in the chat. Jagged Edge, Swordman's Guard, Relentless Whirlwind. We were close. We were close. Um, on, honestly, this week I'm grinding uh, a God roll um, Gnawing Hunger because my Gnawing Hunger rolls, as much as like I picked up on that gun like immediately as soon as the season dropped, um, I thought I had a good one. I had Zen Moment like multi-kill clip, uh, which is great in sixes, but I've soon learned from the amount of comp that I've been playing that you kind of want regular kill clip. Um Along with like trying out some other stuff, so I'm trying to get uh, some perfect ones to have in the stash for uh, for the gnawing hunger. Hell yeah! For Good me, choice. I've been grinding that mental sun. Uh, I ha- I've noticed this thing with me specifically. I'm I'm sure that this affects other people who play this game, uh, and if it does uh, affect you in this way, please let us know because you're not alone. Um, I because I had played solo for so long, just wrote a lot of the content in the game off as stuff that I would never do. Like, most of the titles, uh, mm. like, even stuff like, yeah, I'm never going to finish Heroic Whisper or, like, solo Flawless a Dungeon. Um, and so just, like, years of that, like, you baked on... Heroic Whisper? Yeah, like, this is before I met you guys. Oh, like, oh like, I, was saying, I thought this was like, current. I was like, no, 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 like, no. So th- this is, like, beginning, like... Beginning of like D two, like I had a group that I was playing with, um, and the, like we sort of just broke apart. And then um, you know, ever since D one, I'd sort of been like a, like playing with like a handful of friends, but not a clan. Got with you guys, and I, like I had never finished Shattered Throne until Dan ran me through it a bunch of times. And same thing with Pit and and Prophecy and these things that I was so intimidated to get into. I had this crazy anxiety and just wrote these things off as stuff I would never accomplish. And then something just clicked where I was like, I can fucking just load into these things and do them myself. So when I was running around the game, um, getting all these collectibles in the dreaming city that I was like, I never thought I would do because I was like, yeah, I'm never going to get wish Ender cause I'm never going to do shattered throne. And I was like, shit, I could have done this the whole last time. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't regret anything. I think the journey to that has been very illuminating. This very, this self-esteem, self-esteem, like growth journey. I like self-esteem. That. Thank you for the stream uh, title for tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I like that. actually. Low self-esteem. Um, that's good that's like when you're vibing you're just feeling yourself in a stream dude. that's a self-esteem we just coined a word you're this welcome is man. this is it this is how yeah, we feel this is how we break through a brand new word dude. Um, like, wow. yeah so i've been uh much like a lot of our clanmates have been grinding comp to increase their their rank i've been grinding my self-esteem rank uh by jumping into things that uh i thought were off limits for me and so I want to shout out the caffeines for helping me get there because I love you guys and you guys have been really helpful. Of course, um, of course. I like that the moral of the story is that we inspired you to play by yourself, essentially. It, That's what clans it's, do. You made me <laughs> a better player. But yeah, but it, like, I mean, also raid leading on like the off chance where like you're not in it makes me like specifically perk makes me be like, oh yeah, no, I have knowledge of this game. Yeah. <laughs> like I can still do this stuff. All Absolutely. right. Um, so this week we wanted to talk about, uh, Destiny's place in the landscape of massively multiplayer online role-playing games. Um, 
one of the biggest things that the team at Bungie has pushed uh, ever since they've left the Activision umbrella is the fact that they want Destiny to be uh, a hobby again, A, but also a game uh, that has more role-playing uh, RPG values, more abilities to tweak yourself in custom ways, the ability to express yourself. They want Destiny to feel yourself. like an MMO. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about how Destiny is right now um, and how it compares to the, the titans out there, specifically games like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, Elder Scrolls Online, Guild Wars 2, and we brought in Sean because now he's a pro Diablo 3 player. <laughs> um, Bro, I was almost upset you about didn't say Diablo. I was about to rage quit this podcast. I was yeah. say, Why did you bring me on? When we were asking him what he was grinding, I was like, just tell us what you've Diablo. been looking for, Diablo. I was going to say, that's where you've been at. Destiny podcast. I have to talk about the Destiny stuff. No, you're right. Well, you're you, not you know, wrong. just to clarify to everyone listening, I still play Destiny. I just have been dabbling in other things. No, he doesn't. He left. It's appropriate. I didn't leave anything. He went to us. his other family. Okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. Diablo I know that. family. We always, we always have like that's the the running joke is that like Destiny is like the core of our like clan. Like it's the center, mm -hmm. the spine of it, if you will, like sure. the main tentpole. And um, we definitely get into some stuff, which is actually honestly, I think that that information is perfect. Sean, you and I were talking about that, um, about kind of seeing stuff in Diablo and the loot system and stuff like that, and kind of like. It gave me the idea for this week's uh, podcast, which is going over the stuff that's that's different that we think we can bring in to Destiny, or just at least fantasize about how cool it would be, and uh, you know maybe spark some spark some ideas out there. Um, mm -hmm. just to get One thing the to to, to you know preface this of my Diablo obsession, it was um, I don't remember when it was. I think it was about a year ago. It was either Luke Smith or somebody from Bungie did reference Diablo three. Yeah, and, um, a couple of the things that they were talking about in as far as like the inspiration behind building not only the sandbox, which is interesting, but on like progression through end game and everything else like that. And I remember when I first heard that, I was just like, whoa, like that was it was kind of like out of left field because I was like, wow, these yeah. are two games that I love to death differently mm -hmm. in different ways. But like thinking about like a, a, a child of these two games is kind of surreal. So. Actually, yeah, I do know a lot of Diablo or Di Bungie employees are huge fans of, of Diablo 3 and the way that the game works. So that's good I have a, a little bit of, of information regarding that. This is actually public. Like, it's not like an insider thing. But back when I, um, when I worked at Activision, the, we got wind that the team at, uh, at the those, team that was working on Diablo uh, met with the team that was working on, on Destiny 2 because they had very similar sorts of problems. Um, not to like jump right into uh the the landscape of destiny without describing it yet but you know forsaken not forsaken the destiny 2 vanilla launches it's missing um it's missing a, a lot of content that people expected from uh, from rise of iron it's heavily monetized um and it's sort of in exactly the same position that diablo 3 was on launch remember diablo yeah. 3 on launch had the real money auction house um it had like server crashes that were like terrible and it, it had no pvp it still doesn't it's have got PvP. everything um, server crashes yeah. auction house so um there's actually like a Kotaku article that you can find where it shows that like um, Bungie went to the Diablo devs and were like, okay, so we're about to launch Forsaken. Um, 
how did you guys basically relaunch uh, Diablo three for Reaper of Souls and fix uh, like and course correct the the lifespan of your game? And it kind of showed like Forsaken is a huge moment in D two. Like we had just had Warmind, uh, not yeah. Warmind. Uh, yeah, Warmind. Um, yeah, Warmind. Uh, and Forsaken is the 2018 fall expansion. Yeah. So we had, yeah. we had just gotten through a year of vanilla and then Curse of Osiris and Warmind. Uh, things were not in a great place. And then Forsaken drops this huge amount of content. You know, people had a, a rough patch with the story. Forsaken story is great. Uh, loot system, way better. Uh, the weapon systems changed. Um there was a lot of change that you can see like they had taken to heart what the Diablo team had said. So it was nice seeing that Bungie yeah. was like um, committed to fixing destiny into what they wanted to be, even at that beginning level. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think like with anything, honestly, I mean, it's hard to even for me remember like what, what life was like going on and stuff around when originally like when Warcraft launched. Um, but I think any any game that's going live, you know, in, in this past couple of years is going to have its own bumps. And I hate giving that universal kind of just, hey, you know, do whatever. As long as it's not absolute hot garbage at launch, you know, people continue to play it. Destiny had a really interesting launch because I think it was at the moment it was the biggest launch of a new game IP like in history or since since a certain thing. Don't quote me exactly on what it was, but I know that it was, uh, at the time, Destiny being a brand new IP was tremendous from like a launch standpoint of just a AAA um, title. On top of that, um, it was really like, I know we quote and we talk about games that have kind of done what Destiny did, which is basically Borderlands up to this point. Um, maybe even like Arma a little bit, if you want to make that argument. But really when Destiny came in into play in 2014, um, nothing else was kind of on the scale. And I mean, even for Borderlands, they still to this day have traditionally like pretty spongy bosses that don't really have tons of like mechanics and puzzle-esque things to kind of figure out. It was It's sort of like taking down shields or dismantling a thing. Like when you're talking about like um, the, uh, the mind at the end of Garden of Salvation, like there's a lot of mechanics and stuff that go on with that. The Crown of Sorrow boss fight is mechanical. Like there really is no game that has sort of put the same amount of pieces into play that destiny has um and created that experience right because there's the looter shooter aspect and diablo that's something that diablo does i think the best um and i'm looking forward to hearing sean's take on it being that he's been into it recently but when i look at like the loot aspect of destiny i see a lot of that diablo kind of reference in there um but by the same token i see six-man raids and how intimate they can be and i think about almost like to me i like watching people do raids i i know i'm a raid like fiend i love like sherping people through raids it's one of my like all-time favorite things period um but the raids in destiny being six man are almost more exciting to me than something like a 25 man wow raid or whatever they've got going on and that again that's that's a preference um but they've really managed to kind of craft a unique little position for themselves amongst the mmos you know your looter shooters or your dungeon crawlers um and things like that so it's it's kind of it's kind of unique 
it's really really unique i'll say that i'll, I'll comfortably say that cool. um, and so, i don't think it gets enough credit for that i, I know that we're like we always kind of toe that line but uh i truly believe that it's really unique yeah so. destiny is i mean to say it's unique is uh understatement right? uh, understatement yeah i think the thing you were referencing earlier perk by the way is that like destiny was like one of the most expensive uh game ever created at some point uh like destiny, destiny one was like crazy amounts of millions of dollars like 150 million dollars something like that yeah. like it was um marvel movie level or something like that uh which is crazy and it's um it sucks that like we had the peer into its development cycle that we did and how like rough it was um but let's get into sort of the the nitty-gritty of destiny's system compared to other mmos we're gonna start with leveling um what I want to do here is sort of talk about how Destiny works, and then we're going to like bounce it off of different games. So, Perk, okay. let's jump with like the leveling system. Starting at level one, how does Destiny work? Um, for those of you who don't know and who are watching Destiny podcast and not sure how the leveling system works, I'm here for you. Um, really, really briefly, um, in because I just explained this to another friend who just started playing um, after kind of coming over from Warcraft. Um, so the way that leveling works in Destiny fundamentally being different from any other game where you're leveling your character, you're kind of just getting better gear as you level in Destiny. Like, your character, you have your abilities, you have your melees, you have your grenades, you have your supers, uh, and different things like that. But you are questing to get more and more higher-powered gear that is infused with the Light of the Traveler, uh, which is where we originally got our light level from, and then it became our power level. But it's basically gear that when combined together and averaged out represents a value that you dish out and take in the game of destiny based on the enemy and the difficulty of or based on the level and the difficulty of the enemies that you're fighting in any specific encounter so that's leveling in a nutshell doesn't really have an xp system has it's really just to do with loot and how much you can loot and how much you can acquire and different things like that well there is a, a zero to sort of like 40 grind right they basically kind of like will stop you from getting too good of loot along the way but it is essentially not anything that you have to worry about at all realistically um it's actually at the current point in destiny it's it's a non-factor because um, yeah just you just kind of play the game when you start out and you just get you just, there like, yeah you just trying. play and yeah. the the benchmark that you'll get like say for example um if you're playing currently in july of, of 2020 the level that you're kind of benchmarking at is like 1030 um, because you'll be able to jump, I think, to 750. Um, and I think that's actually, I think the gear system, the way that it is now for new light players, your gear will start maybe at 750 and then go up into like the 900s and kind of like a thousand is almost like your first soft hurdle. Um, and then once you kind of get into the 1030 range is when you can do uh, basically the most difficult new activity, which is the dungeon. Um, Technically, if you want to go in that direction, you need to be 1075 to actually do to actually launch every activity, um, with 1075 being the master nightfalls. So, just the example on there. Uh, but most of my friends that have started playing, I'm like, yeah, 1030 is kind of where you want to get so that we can jump into the prophecy dungeon, um, as well as doing any raid that's you know available and stuff right now. Yeah. So let's uh, let's start comparing it to uh, the, the titans that are out there. Obviously, WoW has a very similar. I mean, it's got what was it like 15 years of uh of game to play there uh, a lot of their, they've got leveling zones specifically so uh unlike destiny where your your race doesn't really matter how you start the game 
there's leveling zones where uh, you pick a race in your class and you go you just straight up quest through the zones i think that's one thing that destiny lacks that would be i don't know if it would be interesting like there's no quest givers outside of the tower except for like the vendors you know there's not really enough characters for that to be a, a way that destiny uh, tells its story and I'm, like i'm not really even sure that it would um really fit in the vibe of the game being this like post-apocalyptic thing um, i was gonna say I, like it was I a like, fun like god sean tell me tell me no, something. I, I just i like like i'm thinking of I, well, I, first of all, I got flashbacks of like Cosmodrome coming back, and I remember in D one just running around out there. Like I would literally just go there for fun, right? Just like hop yeah. around, and do whatever. But I'm like thinking how cool it would actually be. I mean, you kind of have like your planet people, right? You have like Asher and like these people that are at the planets, and you can like pick up bounties. But it would be really cool to be able to just like run around on a planet and like pick up quests from like different people, and then complete yeah. them. And I mean, like in a way, you if you really like want to like channel it and like kind of imagine it a little bit, you kind of are like you're going to these NPCs on the planets and getting bounties and doing them right. Like, kind right, but of it's like, like one person. Like, are right. we really but, like, to believe the only person in the EDZ is Devrim and like whatever guardians yeah, like, the on. game decides to put yeah. us with? Um, which technically know, I mean, is cool. like it is and isn't canon. There's a lot of lore of. Um, like all of these caravans of people, like Saint Fourteen bringing people to the tower, uh, Lady Ephrodite leaving the tower to be a pacifist and and helping people yeah. like move to and for like we hardly ever get to get into the city with the people at like to a point where the game's almost sort of like um, Truman Show level of like is this real? <laughs> like how do yeah. we know that these people yeah. exist? Um, so. Sure. It's a totally I, uh, different storytelling to uh, to go with a converse aspect and converse part of that. I just started playing Final Fantasy XIV. Um, oh, did you? Because you yep, have to start playing together. It's, I was gonna uh, say what? It's free. There's a free month. Um, and like like my original pitch to you guys when I was talking about playing ESO a lot uh, mm. a couple months back before the most recent season of Destiny started. Um, uh, the other, the kind of like alt but popular MMOs that you kind of see like on the charts, like I'm actually looking over at um, most played MMOs. So you've got World of Warcraft. I think this is this is good to kind of reference to, right, for our own things. Um, so active World of Warcraft players, two and a half million right now. That's uh, old, old school RuneScape, 1.8 million. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 is at 1.5 million. Uh, WoW Classics at 1.3, Destiny 2 is behind that at 1.03. Really? Um, yep. And then ESO is below that at 600,000. Um, and then it goes it goes down from there with regular RuneScape, Black Desert Online, MapleStory, Guild Wars, you know, Eve Online, Roblox, Star Wars, Old Republic, Fantasy Star, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this but, isn't a this isn't like a specific MMO list. This is just like a list of list by concurrently. This is this is actually MMOs. This is an MMO list. Oh. Um, Did you say Roblox? Roblox is. I guess they consider it an online world. I don't know why Roblox is is. I mean, it's, it's real like, to it's me. Multiplayer game. It's real to me. It's MMO. Like, I mean, Minecraft's not in there, right? Our kids That's play fine. Roblox, and I'm like, MMO? yeah. No, Question mark. They're making pizzas for their friends, and uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess it's, it's it also depends like what you consider to have those MMO aspects, but um. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy and, numbers. 
yeah i mean destiny kind of rounding out the top being being there is only a game that was started to be tracked by mmo um like sites within like let's say the past year or so when it's really kind of kicked into gear after that whole bungee announcement where they're like hey this is an mmo you know right uh, so i guess it's kind of it's kind of peaked that which to me is really 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 interesting um just in terms of seeing the amount of players playing that stuff like destiny has a lot of sticking power and i we talk often about how world of crap work world of warcraft like there was always a thought like when i talked to friends that played wow a lot it was kind of like you done playing that and it's like nah you always play it and like that concept was just like foreign to me i was like all right like i get it like i've played i've made a wow character on friends computers and stuff in the past um, you know, having like uh, like land party weekends and stuff, where you try it out and get to experience it. Uh, I was never, I was never a WoW guy. I don't know if it was maybe it was the fact that I couldn't really continue my character, or the fact that uh, as a kid I didn't really have a way to pay monthly to stay online for Warcraft. Yep. Um, it just never kind of grabbed me. And I guess by the time that I was working and stuff, there was other games. I got really into Halo and different stuff like that. I never, I never played WoW either. Uh, I, yeah, like it's it's yeah. one of those things where I think I think if you're like if you've been into it or if it's been kind of a background thing in your whole life, it's never going away. And I I almost feel like as long as Destiny gets produced and as long as there's expansions and stuff and like a team dedicated to it, I almost feel like Destiny might be one of those games that just kind of people always play. A um, forever game real really though like i initially thought about i was like man ted destiny is going to be a 10-year project so that's going to be great for those 10 years but like what do you do after that you know what do you do you know for hobby of things in life like i like we're all gamers right but comparatively like and, and sean this might be skewed for you with diablo but realistically like of all the games that you've been buying and stuff the past few years like what's the percentage of things of time that you've spent on destiny versus those games like genuinely curious for you guys a lot more it, right it's it it's almost <laughs> yeah. it's almost like very 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 fractional uh comparatively um mm -hmm. and i play like a lot of fighting games and i'd say that's probably my number two but when i'm after i'm done working and stuff like it's kind of i would almost rather jump into destiny get a little stuff done and kind of like progressing my overall character rather than do a bite-sized section of a new game or something like that i almost would rather yeah, yeah those games and i think that's going you know connecting it back to the point um i feel that's almost the goal of mmos is to give you that something that you can always play and um i was watching dado's most recent video on the questions that he gets asked a lot about destiny and this resonated for me they were like uh well, why don't you, you know, would you ever play WoW or something like that? And his answer was great. And it's how I've been feeling. It's like for the, for a game on that scale, Destiny hits a sweet spot where you don't have to dedicate your whole life to it to like be good at it. You can be good with friends and pass on information to each other, get everybody on the same page and get to do a raid. You know, the the level of commitment. Uh, and I always use my my friends who just started playing as an example. They played for about a week or so and they were ready to do raids like there was no like hey yeah. um here's what you're gonna here's your assignment for the next month and you're gonna need to go and do this before we're gonna be able to go and and get you through raids and different stuff like that yeah. so it that's one of the things that i love about it in terms of like its impact where it sits amongst other mmos and different things like that 
Well, uh, I've never, I've never played. Oh, go ahead. I just uh, we should compare that to to WoW in general. Like some of my best friends, they're uh, they're in these big uh, WoW guilds, like some of the biggest like pushing guilds on their servers. Um, a lot of my coworkers run this uh, esports industry uh, guild on Smolder Smolderweb. I don't know WoW servers anymore. But literally, my friend, my best friend Sean, his entire nine to five is work, and then five to like nine in the morning the next day is is he's the guild master. He manages everything. He has like spreadsheets of every person in the guild, what their like professions are, what they can craft, what their class is, um, and then like manages the sign up sheets for like their raids and stuff, which is like this huge, incredible undertaking. There's something really um, interesting to me about wow and that its raids can be of that size and that complexity um you know like the 25 man raids are like they're uninteresting to a lot of people but to me like having been in those in, in retail wow like those are kind of those are a lot of fun i wish destiny had something like that oh yeah like a like a nine player or 12 player raid i so so that is something let's talk about that Let's talk about the dungeon and the raid aspect for for a little bit. Um, one, I think we're going to at least get one of those at some point in Destiny's future, and here's why. Um, Bungie built the game kind of around like a three-man aspect or potentially up to a six-man aspect, which is why uh, 6v6 feels better than 4v4 in Crucible and things like that. It just has a scalability in that three multiple that I think is kind of notable, and it's something that Bungie's always kind of stuck with, um, for for Destiny at least. With uh, in the future, I think the best thing that they could do, and that what they've been doing, is something like Escalation Protocol, and um, the well, the Blind Well in Forsaken. Escalation Protocol was the first experiment with it, where it was a public event that was so large that while needing to have basic mechanics to execute, like Stand in the plates, shoot the crystals, kill the dudes, or kill the things that the guy's shield drops, shoot the man. Um, they needed to be simple mechanics so that pubs can do them. And anyone that was in like the public, uh, the world that you were in on Mars. Uh, so that's a nine man. The well, I believe, is also nine. Um, if what I'm not mistaken. Court of Oryx. Court of Oryx, I think. What's the max for Court of Oryx? Nine. Was it nine as well? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, so then I'm mistaken on this. So Court of Orcs is the first um, experience that we've had like that in Destiny. I think that that was on last gen too. Yeah, I think that's been them trying to figure out a way to make like nine player or twelve player activities like fun and doable uh, without making it so overly complex that you know you have to have people just frivolously standing in a certain place to like do a certain thing or different stuff. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting the way that destiny will do that. Do it, John. Go. I, I guess I disagree in a certain respect. I think that I can see, um, I can see destiny having specific new activities that involve more people. And I don't know if that's exactly what you were saying or specifically a raid. Um, I think this is me. I'm not like a hardcore raid player. I do, I've slowly became like enjoy them more now since, you know, I've been in the clan and everyone's helped out and stuff. They're still not my favorite content in the game. And that's just a personal opinion. But coming like for me, I think 
the mechanics in the Destiny raids compared to mechanics in other games that I've seen are far more complex um, than some of the other games for certain people. I think that once you start increasing the number of people in the raids, it's going to either A, hurt the integrity of the mechanics of the raid because then they're going to have to be less mechanically driven. I feel like the more people that you introduce into a, like a you know a full raid activity like that, if you want to keep the the high level of of skill and like looking at like Garden of Salvation for example, like to me those are some of the most like mechanically perfect. Like you have to do things perfectly or everything falls apart. I feel like mm -hmm. every time you introduce more people to the mix, so if you had nine or 12 people, if, like I said, referring to like the integrity of this, the difficulty of the raid, I think that the raid difficulty and mechanic difficulty would have to go down for the player base for that like event to go up. That um, I'm so I'm I'm with you on that. I think that's why we've seen like escalation protocol and stuff like that have like easier mechanics. Like you can't exactly like I think back to uh, like the uh, the actual final boss with Oryx, like with uh, getting the ogre spawned, getting them dropped, getting the bombs in the right place, double bubbling like in the middle between those two pillars. Get, you know, having one having the Titan team like manage those ogres, having a runner go around in in kind of like spiral up, get the orb get to do the thing and then proc it pop the bombs do the thing and then dps orcs in the chest to like break him after he does his you know his whole stomp uh mechanic and everything like that so i would almost be i would really be willing to try something that almost felt on the scale of challenge like a dungeon because if you go to if you look at shattered throne and if you look at pit you look at uh the prophecy dungeon their mechanics aren't like insane. Like the Not hardest thing in prophecy yeah. is like stand in the light or the dark, shoot the man, pick up modes, bank them, pop it. Next phase. Mm -hmm. Handling these challenges in like a cool little environment and stuff like that. Um, but I think you know, like what's the mechanic for pit? Get the ball, you know, stand in the thing, grab it, slam them, DPS. You know, fight the hive wizards with a sword. Like each of them has a different way that you fight them with a relic sword. Um, stuff that's not really that difficult, um, but that I could see something that would just require nine guardians or just basically a raid yeah. plus, like a raid and an extra set. I've got um, a, a question for both of you. Sure. Uh, have you guys raided in any other MMO? Raid, no. I've watched a lot of content and raid content for other MMOs, but not... The only other MMO actually. is Final Fantasy that I've, I've raided in and, like, Dungeon and everything else. Um yeah, so I guess so, that's my only my only comparison to that would be Final Fantasy. Um, so coming from like a WoW raid perspective, like I see more like more man raids as as being like the reason why you have more people in there to begin with is because you have that that sort of class role system that Destiny doesn't have. You know the, the tank healer DPS. So a lot of the a lot of the slots that are being taken up in those raids in the end game are actually just DPS. You have two tanks in WoW, uh, and you've got like a set of healers depending on how much DPS you want to get out. Um, and so the mechanics in these encounters in these raids in WoW, there are like a lot of new encounters um, that are mechanics based but they all come down to like okay we're going to be doing this we're going to be doing this we're going to be doing this and this frees up our dps line to basically be uh damaging throughout whereas like destiny's like all right we like all of us have to do all of this one thing and yeah. and then we sit down and we shoot the guy 
Yes. Um, I was explaining it to um, my friend Safe, if he's watching this. Um, he's a huge, huge, huge WoW player. Um, he has like multiple characters on multiple accounts on multiple servers. Like the one, like it was hilarious. He couldn't even add me on Steam because the only thing he's done, and he's played on PC forever. I had to add him on Steam because he's never even bought a Steam game because all he plays is WoW. Um, so when he was like at Destiny, he's like, "What class do I pick?" So I was like, "So there's like tanks, scouts that are really agile, and then there's like mages." Um, the mages are kind of like playing, they can play as glass cannons or healers. Tanks can play as like, the Titans can play as like a tank or like a DPS. And then I was like, the scout class kind of plays as crowd control, uh, or just DPS. And I was like, by the way, everyone's DPS and, um, everyone has to heal themselves and like spec into that with armor for like recovery and stuff like that. So I was like, you're kind of everything, like in Destiny. Like your weapons are your, the DPS part of you. Your character's spec is how you will deal with certain things. Um, which leads me to my other point. I kind of wish that if in a raid situation, there was a mechanic that almost required a certain class to do. Like let's say, let's say you had to, you have your five man fire team, um, hold, you know, clearing ads and kind of holding down a plate or something like that. Then there's always there's been things like you know oh go grab the relic or go jump into this ball or something like that. I almost kind of wish that to go off on like that solo quest and pull the sword from the stone, if you will, that it required something like a bubble that a titan would need to do, or just something that would require a certain spec of character or like a very specific build out of different characters to do. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I've always kind of been wanting to feel like, you know, like the most that I have felt of that is when we would double bubble on either Crota or against Oryx. Like you felt like you needed that character. You would need a hunter to go and tether all of the taken thrall that were going to be coming out. Like else you would be overrun. It kind of did need those different classes and those different elements to come together to make that raid happen. Um, and of course, you know, as time goes on, people get leveled up and stuff like that. You don't necessarily need that to be the case, but exactly like you were saying with WoW, where there's like, you know, you're doing all this work to get the DPS line to be able to do their DPS. I think the DPS role works well in Destiny. I just think they're, they could do something that would take more from one of the other classes to kind of do like, hey, like for this thing, you really need to be a hunter to do it, or you need to be a warlock because of X, Y, and Z. They can almost kind of build a section of a raid with a class in mind. You know what right. I mean? So I think like a challenge that only that class could take. I think the reason why that works well in WoW is because like different um different roles and thus the classes that can fill those roles have different like abilities, for example, like tanks deal with damage mitigation and like uh, uh taunt control, like aggro control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if those were introduced into specific subclasses, like, hell yeah, I'm all about that. Right now, the game isn't really built for that, and I think that it's to its own detri detriment because uh, realistically, like, when we do our raids every week when we do, like, our Garden Pinnacles, functionally, there's almost no difference between me playing my Warlock or my Titan. <laughs> like, no. like yeah, realistically. Yeah. Like, Which sucks. I would love yeah, it like, to be a little bit more separate. Yeah. We're doing the clan is helping out... Um, 
tonight with some friends we're doing another garden run and uh i was just thinking about it and i was just like all right i was like i'm gonna i'm probably gonna take my warlock through because it's kind of my second character um but i was like you know what if there's enough warlocks i'm gonna jam the hunter because i don't just don't have the hunter gear i like playing the hunter now recently with uh with the more comp that i've been doing um but yeah like that's sort of the thing too and i i mentioned it to my friend safe about that i was like it honestly, it really depends on your experience, like your jumps and the supers that you could do um, and the stuff that kind of comes out. Like it doesn't make sense the, to explain Destiny's leveling system that we went over. And also it's like encounter system for needing a specific class. Like I was looking at a guide last night for who to make for Final Fantasy 14. Like, what do I want to be? Like, what are these? You're playing warrior. Hmm? You're playing warrior. I was playing Warrior. Why? Called it. I know. Perks why? I why, know why, 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 why does everybody have to put me in a box? I just like playing the man with thing. They make boom. Well, Only... Can you guess what I played in Final Fantasy? I bet you can. Black well, maybe. Lancer? Actually, no. Is it Lancer? No. Ooh. Okay. We can't guess. Uh. Is it? Archer? Summoner. It was summoner. Okay. Nice. Okay. That's one of the that's you can go from that from conjurer, right? To summoner? Yeah, there's so it's like it's similar to Destiny. You kinda have like in Final you already know this, but for people not like in that know don't know about it, it's you can kinda you kinda have like subclasses in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um kinda like Destiny in Final Fantasy. So you can kind of change on the fly of like like I can be the reason I like mine is because I can kind of change on the fly from being like a dps to a healer like um which if i want to run dungeons very quickly i will queue them as a healer which is how it goes <laughs> in every mmo pretty much um, you know it's crazy that you mentioned that because until i played elder scrolls i had no idea that that was a thing oh, i was like we all just play together we all just jump in the queue right dude i was pissed when i first started playing final fantasy because this was like about six months ago it was about the start of quarantine and yeah. i was like i need something and destiny was kind of in like a weird spot i was like i need something that i can just like focus on right because the world was burning and everything was crazy and i'm like final yeah. fantasy so i started learning so much about this in the first like rock that i hit i was like i went to do a dungeon and i waited for 20 minutes and i'm like dude I can't do this. Like, if I have to wait 20 minutes to queue for a public dungeon, yeah. like, I'm not going to play this. And literally, someone's like, oh, well, you're probably DPS, right? And I was like, well, yeah, that's what I'm... And they're like, oh, oh, Sean. Oh, <laughs> oh summer child. We don't do that here. So I learned really quickly that, yeah. But... That's the spoiling. Is like you probably queuing for Vanguard Strikes. You're like, oh, we'll just get to two nerds in like a second. Like, it won't even be like anything. Like, we just, nice. I just send me some bodies. Like, whoever. Like, we'll do it. To be honest, we'll... I could solo this. I really don't need anyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, just, just come here. Just shoot anything. Go to a lost sector. Do a quest. I don't even care. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That was that was an interesting thing for me. And I, and I would almost hesitate to think that doing dungeons if, if we had to queue as roles if that ever became a thing and i honestly don't as much as i would like it and as much fun as that would be i don't think that that's a good thing for destiny and i i think that slight ambiguity not ambiguity that's the wrong word that slight irreverence for what role you are is almost a benefit for the game because whatever you feel like playing you get to just jump in and do you don't have to worry yeah. about, do we have a healer? Am I going to be able to sustain my DPS? Am I going to get healed enough? Is there going to be a tank? Are they going to be any good at pulling aggro? And like all these other things. 
you get to just roll up and just do it. That's actually a, a huge, huge point. Destiny community is super non-toxic when it comes to like doing things you get cued into, like with some exception. Uh, and Final Fantasy fourteen is actually a very nice community because they'll teach you how to do all the dungeons. Yeah. Dude, you queue into a WoW dungeon, you don't know how to tank it, you will get lit up. Like it is, yeah. it has been like crazy toxic leveling in that game. Um, yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy was the best experience. Well one of the best experiences I've ever had in a new game with their community. Like you just load into the dungeon and, and people will straight up ask like, Hey, is anyone doing this for the first time? And I was like, yeah. Like, I didn't know if they were going to be like, well, you're trash. It was like, no, <laughs> like, all right, come with me. I'm going to walk you through how you do this and where everything is. And I'm just like, okay, sweet. Thanks man. And then it was like the next one, it was the same thing. Like, Hey, if anyone's new, follow me. It's like, okay. Like it's pretty cool. Meanwhile, yeah. cuts a will getting yelled at. Uh, by friends and shaking horribly in the corner. Yeah, dude. Um, I used to run... There's a thing called uh, Mythic Keys, um, which is this system that, honestly, Destiny would super benefit from having. I've talked about it before on the show. Mythic Dungeons are the highest level dungeons. They increase by level. So, like, a Mythic 1 is easier than a Mythic 2. And every time you complete one, on, you have a time limit. Every time you can complete one, you get a key that gives you, a, like, a different dungeon with different, um, like, modifiers. And it gets harder. And the, the gear that you get from beating it gets better and better and better um, up to, like, a relatively large um, gear cap. And people just push these keys to go as high as they possibly can. Um, and I remember queuing for keys with uh, with my my best friend Sean, who uh, runs that WoW guild. And we, I legit had to like take a break from WoW and take a break from like talking to my best friend because of the, t- of the toxicity. Like, dude, you don't know how to do this boss. You don't know not to stand in like this area versus that area. Like, you fucking suck. And the worst part is, well, not really worse, but. WoW has these add-ons and tools that track your DPS, which is something that we've always wanted for, for Destiny, because, yeah. like, you only see that when you die. Um, but it also gives the, like, these numbers don't really tell the full stories of an encounter. They don't t- tell the full stories of dungeons. So it creates this, like, this weird system of, like, uh, I I am better than you because I did X amount of numbers when you could be like padding your stats yeah. or Will. Why did you only do this amount of DPS? You're exactly. trash at this dungeon. Yeah, I can't exactly. You've only done this. I can't believe you've only done this. <laughs> right? Like that's that sort of a thing too. And like there is a little bit of that in Destiny, um, but I I don't think its toxicity is anywhere at the level. Um, I'm recalling um, a garden run that we did with some friends that that are in their own clan that I've personally played with since the since the D1 days. Um, they were uh, a lot of lot of friendliness between our clans. Um, but uh, I was running a strategy with Garden of Salvation with them, and I noticed that they had an entirely different like way of going about doing DPS and even getting the DPS. And uh, I was kind of curious. I was like, what's the deal like why do you guys do this this way uh, and it was for two encounters it was for the harpy or like the mid boss and then the final boss um and they were their answer was you guys just do it so much faster that you can get to a phase before x amount of things and mechanics will happen that with the group that they normally run with like they're kind of like their casual parts of their clan 
they need extra time to get like either the moats banked or to get you know the tethers built and stuff like that so they go about an entirely different strategy built around it just because of either the dps that they can put out or or what like all of their bosses usually go into the rage part um and like we we really never ever do just because we're always trying to like min max that dps um so that's something to think about too where i would love to see the numbers live um without wiping but uh just because we can kind of do some tests for things but that's always been the thing in destiny where instead of working on like you don't necessarily have a rotation i would say probably like this most recent dungeon boss has the most close thing to quote unquote like an mmo rotation um when you're going into the prophecy dungeon like you pop two shots of anarchy you throw your grenade out you start mount topping you dodge the rift that they're throwing at you reload you know take out the hop goblins reload reload boss teleports next two shots of anarchy mountaintop grenade reload reload you know get get a chance to get the snipers and stuff so that kind of felt almost like rotation like to me um yeah in terms of that but like that's really never a thing because it's essentially destiny kind of forces you to front load the work um one of my friends that just started playing i was just like it was like day two for him he's like i kind of like this game it's pretty good i'm a little confused but like it's good i was like yeah cool let's go do whisper um and let, let's go do zero hour so we got him those two guns um just because uh my explanation was hey uh you're gonna have to pump these guns up like the leveling system is such that you can get good stuff now and it's valid uh which is one thing i hate about a lot of other mmos you might get something that has good stats but you're like eh, it's trash don't worry about it for now you're gonna get another one later and i'm like okay um <laughs> <laughs> that's okay I'm like, okay uh but this lets you kind of get that ownership you're like ooh, this is this is my gun this is my whisper this is my outbreak or, or whatever that gun may be um but you get a chance to just be like hey you know leveling up and getting something that's a high level that's trash like i couldn't even tell you oh i think it was the stupid bow from garden was my first 1060 um kinetic weapon and i was stoked for it the roll was trash i hate that bow i don't give a shit <laughs> but i was like yes this is going right in my mountaintop like it's beautiful like right. i got the fuel for the gun that it already did the thing that i wanted more fire fuel. just doesn't want it didn't uh you know have a thing which is like that's that's unique because normally like for example in elder scrolls um I'm working on just leveling up crafting so that I can have six attribute slots unlocked per piece of gear so that I can go to a specific forge on a specific part of the map and build a set that is unique to that forge and then start going and leveling with that gear set. Um, yeah. So it does, it handles things differently, but I think it handles them in their own way. What do you guys think? So this, this is the question that I'm going to with this. How would you guys revise the loot to make it more interesting and to go with kind of something that uh, luke smith sort of mentioned offhand in the dr lupo question and answer section how would you make blue gear and other rarities of gear more valuable and feel free to break the like the hard and fast like leveling system that destiny has um tell me your thoughts on how you would do that Either of you can go first. I'll let I know Sean, I put you on the spot with can a hard I, question. Can, I've, been, I've been waiting a whole hour. Can I finally jump into a thought from Diablo? All right, here it goes. Yes, yes. bring it. <laughs> so the way that Diablo does gear is by far my favorite in pretty much any video game I've ever played, right? Because it gives you a almost, un, well, it does give you pretty much an unlimited sense of grind and customization with 
which eat with each piece of gear. So during the, it's kind of the same for like the, the grays and the blues. Um, is very similar to Destiny. I mean, you use that gear essentially when leveling. Um, but Diablo's gotten to the part, pretty much to the point now where you're not really leveling anymore. Maybe you're leveling one character, but then you have a friend that can just like boost you up to level seventy, right? So hmm. Destiny, you know, like we talked about earlier, is getting to the point where the main one to whatever 40 is it one to 40 grind or whatever of your level doesn't really make much difference right. unless you're progressing through story so same right. with diablo like you get to level 70 and then the game begins right once you do that like every piece of gear has a unique stat role to it that can basically synergize with a build that you're looking for so they have the legendary gear they have the set pieces um which set pieces are obviously the, the foundations of your builds um which i would love to see in destiny and i've we saw in division too which i was super cool about they got set pieces and they would all synergize together to create specific builds and stuff like that too um i would love to see raid sets i would love to see pvp sets in destiny i've always talked about that having a specific um you know set of gear that synergizes together and maybe causes grenades to do something cool or your super to do something extra like something like in diablo yep. right like your set your sets do things they create more damage for specific um things in your build like different abilities that like you everyone gets and everyone can use but if you have this specific set your critical hit damage is increased by 3000 right and that's why you spend hours and days and days farming for these gear sets um because yeah. they do this cool thing now in Diablo what I love about it is you get a legendary now imagine in in Destiny you get a nine hunger right you like it it's pretty cool um but imagine if there was a machine that you could take that gnawing hunger and throw it into and re-roll the entire gun and get unique stat perks for that that thing. On top of that, you also have the ability to possibly get a higher level of a legendary, right? So in Diablo, they have regular legendaries, they have ancient legendaries, and then they have a, a thing called a primal ancient legendary. So there's three different levels of legendaries that you get, obviously increasing in those three things is better right so primal ancients are like a one percent drop rate the drop rate is so low right even like a bunch of top streamers and youtubers get you know 40 50 of them a season and they play every day for 12 hours right so they're super rare but some people that push the high leaderboards are farming for these high tier legendary items um how cool would that be in destiny to have a gnawing hunger that you can get on a different level and each time you get a gnawing hunger it could possibly be that better version and i think that master working is kind of like that but let's all be like real with each other master working doesn't really do anything right it gives you orbs of light maybe and a little bit better of a perk maybe some better handling or reload speed or whatever it's very incidental yeah but what yep. if it was more right what if you got a nine like an, an ancient legendary of a you know, a gnawing hunger that was even better than the one before. Obviously, we have PvP and Destiny, and imagine going up against someone that has the third level legendary gnawing hunger. It's not going to be as yep. good as the bottom one, and I can already hear the bickering. Um, yeah. But, like, it's fun, yep. because every single time I relate to anyone that's played Diablo, I look at the rifts are kind of like strikes, right? And they're yeah. just, like, higher level. But, like, I can go into Diablo and run rifts or greater rifts at a higher level, which are similar to, like, the Nightfalls and the Grandmasters and stuff. And I can run them all day long for no reason other than the fact that I might get a Legendary that has a better stat roll or a set piece 
that has a better stat roll than the one that I have. And the grind never ends. You're always looking to improve your build on a daily basis. And even if you can tick those numbers of your DPS up a little or, you know, your your toughness up a little bit, you're like, cool. You log off for the day and you're like, great success. Like, I did something. Some days in Destiny I'll log in and if I'm not, like, trying to complete, like, a specific quest or, like, you know, whatever, I'm just like, cool, I played Destiny today. <laughs> like, I, you know, like, it was cool, but I didn't feel rewarded deeply for, for my time. So, here's, I don't know. Here's a random thought to kind of bite onto what you're saying. Um, how would you feel if, like, you were saying that there's, like, those 1%, like, rarity versions? Mm -hmm. uh, how would you feel if there was a 1% drop rate anytime that you dropped a legendary piece of gear, it would come with a catalyst, whether it be a gun, uh, a helmet, gloves. It had, like, a catalyst version. Um, That'd be sick. Yeah. And let's just say that kind of our, like, little thing is, like, you get a piece of gear, you're like, ooh, it's got the stats that I like, and... Ooh, it's already got a lot of energy, so I don't have to spend as much from my my stockpile to get it to have all of the mod slots that I'd want it to have. Um, what if there was a catalyst version of that? What if you could get a dire promise with a catalyst, and maybe that catalyst, in in addition to masterwork, uh, maybe that catalyst did a little something that was bonkers, like I don't know, changed its I mean, maybe I was, I was going to say something like as drastic as changing its rate of fire, but I think that would fundamentally break a gun. <laughs> uh, do something like adding another perk, right? Like, what if there was technically, because the way that the perks work now, we've got either sights or uh, barrels. That's like our, our first column. We've then got like round or magazine types. You can get like, you know, drop mag or accurized rounds. You've got that. And then you've got your kind of like personality perks, like rangefinder or kill clip. Mm -hmm. What if there was a third like personality perk? Because let's let's just say that the masterwork kind of assists the barrel, uh, either whether it be good handling or good range or whatever you would want to kind of min max on the gun. What would what would be the case of having another like perk like that? So let's think about a hand sure. cannon, for example, right? Um, this is something. Uh, Will I want to hear what you say in a second? But let me let me just get this out before I lose it. Um, what if you had a rangefinder? kill clip and then something like killing wind or something like that or maybe not even letting it be a damage perk maybe let that be actually killing wind is perfect because i don't think killing wind does damage i think killing wind does handling reload speed and uh ads uh, right? draw speed or something like that ads or something like that there's some stats on it that um, killing wind does it's one of the new perks yeah um Almost having it just be like that that icing on top where it's still you still got to roll it with the perks that you want but it's got that catalyst on there too. Something that just makes it different. Or a hand cannon that can roll with like 20 rounds in the mag or something like something just silly that might not even be so game breaking, but would just be cool to add to something. Do you guys feel like that would be enough? Would that make armor interesting? Would that make guns more interesting than they are? By itself, I don't I don't think so. I think um, okay. my idea for this uh, additional sort of tiers of legendaries or tiers of exotics is like you, what if you um for every level into like these tiers of legendary that it drops you get an extra perk slot that is only active in in either pve or pvp something specifically mm -hmm. designed for the weapon that way you don't really uh -huh. have to rebalance it for pvp uh like and you can get something broken that like 
your dragonfly does like 50 meters of explosion or some shit like that. Give us some mm-hmm. weird, weird ass experimental stuff. And then, uh, stuff that drops from crucible can have crucible specific, more balanced tuning based perks that drop alongside that, that, um, can either be enabled in PVE or disabled in PVE. Um, and then that way you would have uh, a pathway to farmable gear that is stronger but then also isn't doesn't break the game in the other sure. parts. I think for me, um, if we're talking about weapons, like that, having those levels would be cool. But for me, like I'm talking when I think of armor, I think that's really where the most work needs to be done. Obviously, gear sets are the right way to go with this. Like what I would love to see is if every exotic and like. Um, had like a set bonus with specific um, like gear pieces, and then you could unlock like an exotic uh, catalyst or something like that. Something that gives us a, a like a just a broken ass armor um, effect. Like in Diablo, one season uh, I played a, I think either a barbarian or is it the paladin? What's the the, the crusader? Armor, the crusader that just had like a belt that created meteors that I would just run through a room and these meteors would yep. just circle around me and I had to click. I literally was just moving around like, and she was dying around me um, yeah. for, for easy content. Like why not have these really interesting and so almost like broken things you can throw on, especially towards like the end of a game's life cycle. Um, you can always just nerf those into the ground the next season, which is what Diablo does. Um, sure. So, and they uh, make it relevant so that like, if you were running that belt, and it was part of a probably it probably was I'm assuming you know part of a unique build right that you yeah. had that next season that build is gonna be trash because they want you to be able to not only like you know try out different builds and farm for different sets and stuff like that but they keep the game fresh by rehashing their own content with dope shit like making other sets super strong or adding unique perks to super sets specific sets right um, so that brings that that's kind of I kind of prompted that question because I wanted to see why you guys felt about that. I think by the fact that like adding a catalyst to the gun, like what I was mentioning, the fact that you guys both said it wouldn't make it more interesting is actually what I was looking to see. And I think that's the fact that the guns, the perks on the guns ultimately aren't as interesting as they could be. And I think that there's a lot of room to kind of change that. Um, and to add on as well to the gear sets that you guys were talking about, set bonuses and stuff, I'm familiar with that from Elder Scrolls. Here is the thing about that, though. If you have the, uh, like, like, a, like a set bonus to me would be something like the Warmind cells from last season, right? And the mods. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like they do that with the mods. But the armor sets are in a place where, especially now, they're going to be filtered out into like obscurity within about a year from acquiring them yeah we need we almost need we don't really need armor 3.0 we need a clarification on what their goal with armor is um because if it's min maxing the ability to use certain weapons that's great and then put also mods in i would just like every gear set that I acquire, especially going into this new transmog world that we're, you know, we're kind of expecting to see what's going to become of that. There's already a mess with armor in Destiny. We've talked about this at length, so I don't want to dive into it. But we should be able to just slot a mod if a gear set takes that mod. 
it shouldn't be oh uh well you had to be between this year and this month and this season and this to be able to yeah. get a gear set that runs it it's just th like that mixed with the fact of like oh great so then potentially i might not have enough mobility or enough intellect cooldown if i have to go with a gear set that can accommodate these mods yeah. and then you end up with like what i have which is like a vault full of just gear that i'm like maybe this is going to be good for the set that i'll want to build at a certain point like in the future but like ultimately because of that like decision paralysis thing i end up using none of it mm -hmm. i use the gear that has mobility that i make it all void because i only run like grenade launchers like anarchy uh and mountaintop and then i switch the perk slot for when i have to use whisper on like sure. a dps run for like a raid. Well, legendary That's gear in destiny doesn't have anything that matters on it yeah like, I would agree. legendaries don't either, which is weird to yeah. me. Like, yeah, I think an idea of, like you said, like a specific catalyst or something, but I think legendaries need something unique about them. And I know, like, oh, God, we already spend all this time, like, making unique pieces and stuff. We have to add each legendary gets a specific thing that it does, too, kind of like an exotic, but just not as powerful. Like, no, yeah. probably not going to happen. So we can dream. But armor, yeah. like... The reason Diablo works so well is because legendary armor has a perk on it that says it does this to help this or it does this to increase damage with this. Destiny, yeah. the mod system is trash, in my opinion. It was before they reworked it and they just made it way too complicated and pointless because even at the end of the day, I'll say it, like even if you're pushing like end game Destiny PV PvE content, like I can go in with a unmodded up like highlight character and i'm probably going to be gucci like i can get a little bit of like yeah. resilience and survivability or like a little bit more of this but like is it game changing no you don't have to like sit in a group of six before a raid and like make sure necessarily everyone's like fully specced into this and fully specced into do you have this mod on do you have that mod on like you can and i know we min max a little bit but it's like you don't you know, the only like, time really. I agree, the only time that actually matters is uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're and specifically for day teams. one raids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah but how many people? I, like, I'm I'm not to not to be like. How many people are day one raiding? Like, going for worlds first. It's you know always I mean? like, it's always less than one percent. Like it like yeah, you. It's not a lot. It's hundred. It's a hundred percent not the main demographic of the game and like you have nope. to accept that but it's also and the most vocal like portion of right you, of you the hear game it on reddit and you right. hear it on twitter and right the last point that i have about this before we can move on a little bit um is that i just i just am frustrated and i don't understand why like we saw a little bit like with when you get raid sets right and i know i'm like rehashing this but like from King's Fall or from any of these other raids where, like, the gear did have certain things on the gear that was, like, you'll do more damage to a knight if you have this on or you do more vex damage. And, like, we we see it, right? And it's like, oh, buddy, you're almost there. Like, you're, you're almost there. Like, you have this idea where it's, like, this set does it. But it's, like, yeah. if you have the boots on, it still works, even if you don't have any of the other gear on. Like, I want right. specific, like, dope things that happen when you're wearing a full set of garden of salvation raid gear like if you're wearing that gear and you have two pieces or all pieces you get a perk for having two or three pieces so that means like when you're grinding the gear and you're trying to get all the pieces you still get like a specific perk, it's like diablo again of course but like 
if you have the chest piece and the helmet, you're still getting benefit from wearing those two pieces. And then when you get the full set, you're like a dope raid Sherpa that has this awesome ability that can help your team through the raid. Like before we get uh, into the, what we're saying, uh, we basically, yeah, I was going to say the, uh, you know, the thing, hold on. Well, I'm sorry. The thing that, that works, the place that that existed in was, um, why is Will laughing at me? Sorry, keep I'm going, sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. The, the thing that that works is the reckoning. Uh, in Gambit, those are the gear sets. Yeah, those they did it. Yeah. But no they one actually cared. did it. They did it, and then exactly nobody cared. Like, I feel like we we said this working. like fifty billion times on this podcast. The the I haven't the Gambit. the Luke Cave yet. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we yeah, didn't get to the Luke Cave. Hey, how did you how did you discover back. the Luke Cave? Um, basically, what I'm saying is, by the end of the Deepstone Crypt raid, when I get the entire set, I want to walk into the Sepix Prime Strike and just have Sepix Prime pop like a giant fucking blueberry yeah and um, exactly 100%. 100%. Yeah, you defeated a raid like this is pinnacle end game content like if i don't like i want to walk out of that completing it and being like yeah i'm gonna mess shit up now look at me like actually okay here's here's a question for you guys um if if the gear sets full um full set bonus was grunt birthday party on drag kills on drag headshots would you still grind that of course, yeah, no. I had no life that. Why wouldn't I? Of course. So I don't even showing how gullible we are. No, so I'm saying like these. I'm saying set bonuses though. don't even have to have like actual right effects on the game no. that are non-cosmetic. I'm saying like, but preferably have them be super awesome. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. What if you like? I'm just sorry. I don't want to go into. I don't want to talk anymore. I want to. This is my last point on this. Oh, is like, <laughs> if I'm going into yeah. like. The Garden of Salvation raid. I'm thinking like specific, specific areas of the raid or whatever specific encounters. Like on the last encounter, what if it's so simple, as if like, you know how you have to shoot the, like the arms or is whatever is spots on his thing. I'm professional <laughs> raider as you can tell. But like, what if you do? Yeah, but what if you do like? And I know it's not a problem for people that raid all the time. But what if you like have something on a piece of gear that's like you do ten times more damage to those spots when you shoot it. So like you when you're helping people through the raid, you can just be like ping 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 done. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We did it. Because I have this piece of gear that lets me do that, you know? Like yeah, are people gonna get upset great. that like people are gonna be able to complete the raid easier if they have the like no, that's like you well, go get the you get through the raid. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be hard to complete it yeah. for the first time. And then once you complete it more and you start getting the gear out of it, it makes it more satisfying to go in and blow the shit out of things because you know what you're doing, obviously. And you're just yeah. trying to farm the gear at that point. And you're trying to help your friends through it for the first time, probably. Or maybe. So uh, I, That's I, kind of what I feel about front-loading the gear. Yeah. I'm sorry, Will. No, I think that like those those perks are basically what we have in, in the raid perks. And the very easy way to implement that is just give each piece of raid gear an extra mod slot and make those raid gear pieces fit only there. Uh, for that raid and they cost zero energy so you can still do your builds or whatever but you have that added like bonus reward of like this gear can have an extra perk only in this raid that's why like didn't they do that for like leviathan in like the beginning they they weren't like you know like good enough to where people actually utilized it right yeah literally the only place that it actually that that set bonus and stuff actually takes place and feels worth it is in gambit they they got it yeah got it right that's why like they're so close on so many things and like i love bungie to death but like they 
they sniff and then they run. You know, it's like they sniff and it doesn't smell good to them, but everyone else is sitting there staring at it like, ooh, is that a turd or what is that? You know, like <laughs> it's, it's amusing to other people, but to them it's like we tried this awesome new thing and everyone's just staring at it. Well, they're well, staring at it because they want it to move, right? They want it to do something more. I think yeah, the, do something the, with it. Yeah, the problem with uh, gambit sets is that it came along in season of the drifter and like yeah, and that gambit set. That yeah, well, it's gambit set. I mean, it preceded season of opulence and they didn't iterate on it cuz people were like shitting on reckoning for a whole season, right? Like they want to distance yeah. themselves. It's understandable why they didn't do that. It's just upsetting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, yeah. unfortunate. Um let's move on to PVP in MMOs. Okay. Always a hotly contested thing. Literally in every MMO, uh, there is a divide between the PvE players and the PvP players, and there's an even further divide between the PvP players and the professional esports players. I know this firsthand uh, because your boy used to cast Guild Wars 2 back in the day, and no one really gave a shit about structured 5v5 PvP. Um, and it, like, for every every minute thing that the PvP uh, scene got, whether it was finally implementing an observer client nine months into the game, or it was um, like specific, like tiny armor sets, there was always uh, someone on the PVE side that would be like, "Why didn't they use that time to make more PVE rewards?" Stuff like that. Of course. Um, and I think that what's encouraging, I guess, is that Destiny kind of has that too. Like, there's there there is a such a thing as a PVP player. There is such a thing as a PVE player, and the where they meet in the middle, there's there's a lot of people who do both, but there are very vocal camps on either side. So, just by that sort of toxicity level, we congrats guys we made it <laughs> yeah i mean you're yeah. you're not wrong about that um i guess i and i've i've actually played a good amount of pvp in elder scrolls um because that's kind of been my mmo of choice and i'm, I'm making my rounds uh i definitely want to chomp off on uh, final fantasy while it's especially while i while there's really no commitment to it that's kind of why i jumped into esos because there really was no commitment um final fantasy does which is why i was hesitant Destiny now doesn't, which is why I've seen like a number of uh, friends who never touched it before coming into it now, because there's literally no risk, right, at all. Um, so in that little experience that I've had uh, playing PvP, generally what I've found is it is a mode that no one really takes that seriously, but it gives a good amount of XP boost um, for leveling new characters, um, or just getting materials and stuff for your existing account. Um, it's relatively easy. It's not that painful. Uh, and you're you're doing the core thing in the game just in an arena. So your levels and your gear and stuff like that are going to matter pretty, pretty sizably. Um, and some classes are just always in rotation going, oh, well, for this expansion, you know, if you're using a Stamsork, like, they're really, really strong. Um, different things like that. And we've had an experience like that, like, Warlocks have been OP, Titans have been OP, Hunters have been OP. They've always had a rotation and stuff where there's just a subclass that's just bonkers, right? Um, but for me with Destiny, I, th- I look at PvP in a different light just because I think the game's roots are obviously in Halo. Um, and Halo had two parts. Play through the campaign and then do it on like Legendary, you know, with friends and stuff if you want the challenge. 
and then you play p you play like multiplayer it was called it wasn't even called pvp back then um so it was it was almost a minority i feel like of players and i'd actually be interested to see the data on this there was less players that didn't play pvp in halo than did do you know what i mean um that was almost the game's core was the multiplayer as opposed to death so. as opposed to destiny where it's kind of it it's taken on a thing where there is a sweaty and really fun pvp community to it um but i think your casual players are real are, are a large majority of them are just playing for the pve aspect um unless they're forced into pvp with uh quests interestingly enough despite there not being a requirement for quests this past iron banner was the most entered and most played iron banner in d2's history why do you think that is uh i think the fact that something that i've been crying about forever which is the game's very like shitty tick rate uh is compensated for by the fact that 600 rpm auto rifles are very forgiving and simultaneously compete and are not outcompeted or outcompete the other meta weapons like hand cannons pulse rifles um snipers things like that mm -hmm. everything kind of like by and large like aside from like scouts and fusions everything kind of works right now i think I, it was mostly just and i'm not discrediting what you're saying i think that's completely part of it i think it was also just because right before um you know iron banner happened was like the, the huge reveal of the next five million years of destiny yeah, and the, you know like true. so i think there was like a huge huge hype factor going on yeah. with destiny at that point and like everyone wanted to get their pinnacles in and you know, Iron Banner is essentially free pinnacles now that it's like super easy to get those bounties done. Yeah. And I think everyone really does like people are more willing to jump into a auto rifle meta and play PvP with their friends for fun than getting smacked by the same weapons every single time they go in. You know, I, I very much agree. Um, and I've been playing a lot of comp recently, like the last two weekends, we've been kind of getting into it. And I, I know a lot of folks are, are sort of kind of like, oh, all right, you know, we're waiting for Mountaintop and Recluse to kind of get sunset and, and stuff or. You know, just to see less of it, especially in trials, obviously, where it's going to actually matter and be sunset, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, someone who was in D1 a very big PvP player that I did not really play a ton of PvP in D2 um, until they kind of changed things over back to the 6v6. Um, I love the fact that there's no... It's connection-based matchmaking. There's no skill-based matchmaking now. It just... The game feels better. Like, it just feels mm -hmm. better to get... Even if I'm getting stomped and we're getting rolled by another team, it's just so much more enjoyable. Because I'm going to go into a game like that and be like, all right, well, shit, I'm just going to get some good kills. I'm just going to have some fun by this sure. you know, playing against this really good team. And my blueberries are, you know, staring at the sky and stuff. <laughs> I'll take this time to just enjoy myself. So, and because the connections are good, I can actually enjoy myself. Sure. Um, going off of that ideology and kind of moving back into like MMOs and PvP. Um, with Destiny, I think that over the last couple months, especially since, you know, I was grinding really hard at the beginning of the season, and I just had to, like, fundamentally tell myself that I just wasn't going to take... Like, I'm not a, a sweats or player, and I'm not, like, you know, super... I'm not going to try to go flawless every week and that kind of thing. So if I just, you know, take the mentality of, like, PvP, I want to go into it to have fun and not take it super seriously. I've had a lot more enjoyment out of PvP from doing that, and I should have done that long ago. Um, yeah. But I've been developing this like mental state that like I don't think Destiny's ever gonna be like quote unquote 
you know, super competitive or MLG or any of these other things people say. And I think we're starting to see that. And even the devs have been like, yeah, we're not going to take away from the integrity of, you know, Destiny PvP because you're supposed to be crazy and whatever. As long as the connection is good and as long as they need to do something, obviously, about cheating, but that's not part of this. What in other, you know, MMOs is when it comes to like balancing like PvE and PvP, I don't have a lot of experience with other MMOs as far as like um, how that goes. Like, do they in like World of Warcraft, for instance, is it all one big sandbox or do they do they do PvP and PvE separately? And on top of that question following up is like, do you think we would ever see that or would you ever want PvE and PvP to be um, separately balanced? I don't think it's possible, but um, anyways, Will, I guess you yeah. answer. Start with that question. So, yeah, in WoW, there's uh, like a separate balancing, very slightly, of of PVE and PVP. Um, I think the game that did this the best is actually Guild Wars Two. Um, what they did was, as soon as you entered, like there was an area called the Mists that uh, you would go into. The second you entered it, you are max level with like stat templates, and you can just fuck around with your build at no cost. Um, you could buy That's basically awesome. PvP weapons that like every weapon was more or less the same stats, um, where your build was what mattered, and um, it mattered in PvP. And skills had different like values, or some were just straight up disabled in PvP. Um, and the the main game mode uh, of Guild Wars 2, at least at the time, was like a three-point captured domination. Uh, so, like, every five seconds, the your scores would tick up based off of how many points you captured on, on the map. So it really played heavily into very tanky um, uh, characters who could just stay alive on points and keep the fights going on forever. Um, at least it was when I was in the game. For, like, interesting things for, like when I was doing WoW esports um, at Blizzard was there were some items that like heavily affected uh, PVP that no one saw coming. Um, so they ran uh, a, like a private, like a, not a private server, but like a competitive server. So if you qualified for like the cups of like the arena world championship, you were uh, given access to this tournament realm. And so that tournament realm had vendors for all of the the end game gear you would have had to grind that you like you did grind for in uh, like the live version of the game. Um, so you can just very quickly get all your gear. But a lot of the high end shit had very low drop rates because it comes from raids because it comes from these like high end activities. So there was a period of time where we saw this trinket. I, I, it was I think it was called the Veiled Eye, where uh, people were not dying ever in PvP. Uh, and so these games that normally went around 15 minutes would go for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes a game because uh, no one's no one realized that there was just an item in the game that just stopped you from dying on a cooldown. Um, and that was in PvP. Or, sorry, it was in PvE that no one really got their hands on. Um, so... I think this goes to say that you really do need to balance PvE and PvP separately. It takes more effort, but it is inherently worth it if you want your game to have a competitive atmosphere. I think Bungie is in an interesting position because you have things like Trials, you have things like Comp that say like Destiny is has the capability of being competitive, 
but like they haven't really pushed it as hard as they did with like Halo, which had like MLG playlists built in. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would love to see Bungie do more things competitively with Destiny. I would love to see the beginning of an esports scene. I would love to see a uh, spectator interface <laughs> in private matches, yeah. which we learned was not a thing this weekend. I feel you know um, there's there's certain aspects of that that I feel like would be fairly easy to. And this isn't me coming from like a developer side, but like right. just ideology, like of how to do it would be to just kind of do it like Halo, right? So like have a certain set of weapons that people can use in a certain, even if it's just one mode, right? Like mm-hmm. being able mm-hmm. to like use these six weapons, and then like everyone would be on the same stat level playing field kind of thing. But when you look like at their future 10. and what they want. To, What's that? Or like a, a pick 10, like Call of Duty has. Yeah, like you can, exactly. Points. But like, I think more and more as time goes on, like I said earlier in the show, like I don't think their their mind is in that realm, right? I don't think they want to do that. I don't think they want to go competitive um, because I think that they want this to be a more of a, like Luke Smith said, like a, you know, an MMO RPG. Like that's, well, I think they're, fo- and, and it doesn't mean they can't have PVP mm-hmm. like every other game does, but it's like, if they would have done the whole competitive thing, they would have probably done it by now, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we can say that, like, Bungie doesn't want it to be competitive. I just don't think it's, like, the main like the main priority of Destiny has been course-correcting a lot of uh, stuff. Like, the main I game. Like you're still course-correcting uh, yeah. to this day. I mean, yeah. ever since the launch of D1, even. Like, that, that's sort of been the story of Destiny. So, like, it's understandable that, like, they haven't really had time to be like, okay, let's focus on the competitive ecosystem of, of this game because it's always been a story of like remixing the game so that it is actually the game they want it to be. And yeah. and I don't and I don't think we're there yet. And I think once we get to the point where they feel like they're creating the game that they dreamed of creating, then we might see that opportunity pop up in the future. I, I think so too. I think that there's still some work to be done. I think they're kind of constantly trying to put it push it into the way that they want it to go while also taking a chance to experiment on things. Um, I would love to see Crucible Labs be brought back with something outrageous, right? So we're already seeing that they're going to be doing some tweaks to the engine um, in so far as letting it go cross console family. PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, Xbox 420 to Xbox 69, whatever have you. <laughs> it's, uh, sorry, for, it's, for versions. Call it the correct versions. Xbox, blaze it. Uh, Xbox yeah. plays it to Xbox 420X. Xbox um, the size of a computer. So, uh, yeah. the So, whatever whatever versions they're going to be able to do, I think they're going to be... We're going to see that new subclass. The fact that we're going to have more... I think we're going to have more polygons to play with, realistically. If we're going to be using stasis to create lols and ledges and stuff to stand on... Yeah, that's uh, a... I can't imagine that. And, you know, whole with, different world. Yeah, I imagine it's going to run like shit on the old consoles, but they're going to let you play it. Um, and give you a reason to buy the new one. But I also believe that eventually, if we're going to get to cross-play, that we're going to see an engine upgrade to to a place. Um, and I'd like to use, uh, this is my tangent on Crucible Labs, I'd like to see Crucible Labs do something like, hey, you're loading into a Trials card? Guess what? You're playing Anomaly this week, and guess what? We're giving you guns. You make your loadouts. So this is a time to min-max your refresh, you know, your your cooldowns, your uh, mobility, um, and things like that. You know, you're going to be running with a shotgun and a pulse rifle this weekend. 
All of you. Yes. There's no snipers this weekend. This is shotguns and pulse rifles. So build yes. up your handling, do your cooldowns, whatever you want, but you're getting literally a white gun that we've put perks on and mods on. So you're all going in with the same thing. No mm -hmm. one's your your RPG aspect and job this weekend is which class you want to play, mm -hmm. which suit and which neutral game do you think benefit using those weapons? And if you want to play with your handling and your reload speed and stuff like that, go nuts on that. Love it. Um, That's kind of like what Will was describing with WoW. It's like kind of a similar, similar dealio, right? Uh, Guild Wars Two, but yeah. Or Guild Wars Two. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like exactly. I like that mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Right, like that. I think that would be fun to try, at least to just to try. Um, and but Perk, I I spent so many hours grinding for this weapon. Why can't I use it in PvP? Well, Timmy, uh, because you we can said go and so. Play play. <laughs> go and play. Quick You're never gonna not see mountaintop in quick play. I mean, with everybody. I mean, hell, uh, our clanmates are still just getting it, uh, and the gun's great. Like, it's an absolute garbage can to get bopped by one, uh, especially when you don't yeah. see it coming. But like when, if it's not in rotation and if it's not like in the current living PvP ecosystem, it doesn't matter because like a perfect example is going in and playing comp. Saw a lot of mountaintop, saw a lot of um, uh, revoker, but not all rampant over the place. I wasn't seeing it every game. Like right. there was a lot of stuff mixed in because ultimately that's the kind of the the training ground. Playing comp is for glory for points. But it's also a little bit loose, a little bit of place to try stuff. Trials is your end game, end game. Everybody in there has masterworked everything. You're seeing revokers and mountaintops on every character. Or, you know, perfectly rolled dire promises or spare rations and stuff like that. Like, you're seeing the tip, 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 tip top of the meta um, when it comes to trials. But I think there's a lot of fun to be had in kind of like what you guys were all talking about with the MLG stuff. It's just like rolling that in and be like, hey, let's do a, a, a literally is the it? same way... VE had it like like prestige spire of stars. Yo, you're doing you're doing a sidearm and an auto rifle this weekend. Go nuts. Good luck. That would be, be that would be wild. Yeah, what's what's the map this week for trials and what guns are we using? Yeah. Kind of thing. It's, yeah. It's that instead of like oh who got the master world rolled version of this and who farmed this, it's just gun skill, you know, and and mastery of your character and how your character plays and their their abilities and stuff like that. I think that would be more of a true show of skill than anything else. And I still, I, like, you get to keep the RPG elements. You get to have things that might be busted that won't make their way into that mode, or it doesn't matter. Or maybe mm -hmm. it does. Or just like the Prometheus Lens Weekend in Crucible, they were like, hey, this weekend, this shit's going to be bonkers. You're going to get an auto rifle and you fire it. You're like, oh shit, this is hard light 2.0. Let's go. Right. And you realize that that's what you're doing. You're playing some crazy toxic thing, but it's just alive in that weekend and it doesn't matter elsewhere. elsewhere. That reminds you know? me a lot of uh, the Prometheus lens and Lord of Wolves weeks, oh. weekends, Whoa. weeks. Yeah, and it was kind of uh, cool that they give you a like a, you know, a reward yeah. essentially for surviving that week, but like, yeah, embrace it, you know. I get yeah. that. So, I have one question before we wrap this up. Um what would you say, what um, what MMO, to your knowledge, is Destiny the most like or most unlike? I'll give you the out. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I think it's most unlike something. I see it being more like Elder Scrolls than I would see it being like, like World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy. Um, 
Final Fantasy is the only one that I have a lot more experience in than Destiny if we're comparing MMOs and I mean it's a completely different gameplay experience for for me as a player. It's Final Fantasy is very slow paced. Go here, quest here, do this and even the dungeons are kind of like stand here, cast 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 cast, run over here, cast 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 and um less mechanically driven and that kind of thing. Um I don't know the, the what it would be closest to out of the ones that we've talked about tonight, I guess would be more like Elder Scrolls, right? Because Elder Scrolls, from the time that even I got to play with it, was wasn't a ton, but it was more like action MMO kind of. Um, yeah. So you're let you're you're more rolling around like you know using abilities, but dodging and rolling and getting into the right area and that kind of thing. You're not just like standing in one place like ta- tanking a bunch of damage while you're just like firing like lasers at people. Um, yeah, I mean closest thing to destiny would be more action mmo so elder scrolls wouldn't you agree 100 100 percent of that's what i was gonna go with uh elder scrolls basically just drops you off and they're like hey go do something and you're like what <laughs> they're like yeah just go do it uh both of my friends that just started playing destiny i'm like all right come here we're gonna go to we're gonna go to uh get you the red the red war quest because this is gonna kind of handhold you a little bit i get like we were talking about there's no starting area Funny that you mentioned that um, when I was playing Final Fantasy last night, I was stuck in the starting area and I was like, I just want to go do whatever I want. Why is this game forcing me <laughs> in this area? I want to go just try to kill something. That, that yeah, maybe the MSQ don't... is pretty harsh in Final Fantasy. They're like, you must do this quest now or you cannot proceed. God, they are so it rigid. Me, it took me so long to like even hype myself up to do the main story quest because it, it's reading. It was like reading a book. I was oh my like, God, what so the boring. fuck? It takes so long. <laughs> yeah. Did not realize Once how much reading. Once you get through it, though, I promise the game opens up. But it there, is a struggle. There's no spoilers. Yeah. There is a story beat where, like, even if you're not paying attention to who's who, you walk in, and then all of a sudden the whole world is like flipped upside down, and then all of a sudden, like, I was straight up invested. Like, yeah, it's, it's probably that point where they reinvent, where they basically reinvented the wheel for Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Probably. Oh no, you actually can't play anything before they reinvented the wheel. So. Oh, okay. So, like, the whole story of Final Fantasy fourteen is that they had this uh, this war, and so your character is like awoken, like has awakened after this war with amnesia because you had some parts to play in that that war before when like Bahamut came down and blew everything the fuck up, and Bahamut coming down and blowing everything the fuck up was the end of Final Fantasy fourteen before a realm were born when they put it offline for a year yeah. or so and then came back, gotcha. um, which is. Most baller move in all of like game design, in my opinion. Um, but I think for me, uh, Destiny is most like the Division because the Division just straight up copies a lot of Destiny. Um, it does. And also Diablo through their through their interactions, uh, you can you can kind of yeah. feel a lot of those looter shooter type things. Least like uh, ESO, I would say in my opinion um because okay. ESO is so much more freeform than Destiny they like they drop you in do whatever the fuck you want yeah. be whatever class you want go between whatever weapons you want Destiny's yeah. a little uh, more rigid in your in your class structure yeah. and in what you look need to at do. it very very interesting for sure yeah yeah, yeah. Division Our, is kind of like a love child of like Destiny and Diablo, in my opinion. I always thought that. Yeah, it's definitely it's, uh, Destiny spawned the games as a service thing. Like, for like Destiny actually was really, really successful in 
in the games industry and people wanted to have the retention that destiny did you know despite all of its flaws we're still here talking about d1 like however many years later uh and people tried to capitalize that for sure i was gonna say i pulled it up destiny did break the record it was the largest new launched ip at the time Mm -hmm. i think until the division i think the division is the thing that kind of tipped it over past d1 I would be what surprised. The division's player base numbers right now it can't be super high. They're not even tracked on MMO trackers. Um, oh. so I mean, I, I mean, like that I'm seeing at least. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think. A couple that, of my that friends game... still are always tweeting about it and playing it. So really? I know it's played. Like people still play it. I just. I. Don't know I what their plans are. I enjoy it from time to from time to time. I have this weird thing about MMOs where I want to jump in, and just grind for like nonstop on an, like a new MMO or something I haven't played in forever. And oftentimes I love playing just really fucking bad MMORPGs, like really bad ones. Like uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, uh, I guess we're calling that out. Uh, I spent a lot it just, of... It just went free to play, yeah. by the way. It's been it's free to play, but it was, oh, on Origi- it was on Origin. Oh, it just moved to Steam then because yep. everyone's talking about it now all of a sudden. Um, I played a shit ton of Battlestar Galactica Online. Uh, which if anyone has ever played that in whoever's listening to this, if you've played that, I feel your pain. Um, Star Trek rings online. Have not played Lord of the Rings online. I wanted to try that. Uh, played a bunch of Star Trek online. Star Trek online is for like, is really oddly good. It has like almost no right to be as great as it is, but it's really? also very janky and so just obtuse and arcane in all of its systems. That's like these these MMOs that we're talking about represent this dark side of of MMORPGs where we we yeah. complain about Destiny having like two new currencies a season, where like these have like a billion currencies and like fifty thousand upgrade paths for things that you have no idea what the fuck you're looking at and you have no path to understanding the end game if you're like a new player at all unless someone takes you under their wing. Um mm-hmm. so I mean yeah. at least Destiny's not like that. I mean it's it a very uh, Destiny is a very approachable mm-hmm. action MMO. Yeah. Like Realistically, like Destiny is, for all time purposes, Destiny is my first MMO. It's the first one that I really cared enough about to get into. I couldn't get into World of Warcraft, um, and I didn't, I didn't have a frame or a lens to look through a game like Elder Scrolls or Final Fantasy um, until yeah. playing the insane amount of Destiny that I have. You know, mm-hmm. um, where we're min maxing, we're running raids left, right, and center constantly, and. And, and helping other people run through raids and, and different shit like that. Like, I didn't really have any reason to, or my eyes weren't really opened to it. Until it's, I it's all about perspective, too, I think, Perk. Like, we don't realize, like, I don't think, it, like, yes, Destiny has kind of less to it than World of Warcraft or whatever, right? Yeah. But you also, until you don't, until you start teaching new players or start talking to, like, I'll talk to, like, coworkers or friends about Destiny and I'll just start, like, burr, 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 and then I'm like, geez, like, this is a lot of shit. Like, yeah. if you drop someone down with no friends or no, they would have no idea where to start in Destiny. And even with yeah. currencies and vendors and, like, there's a lot to it. Just like any other MMO, it's just, like, we've literally gone through D1 and, like, morphed through the process. And so it's just called, comes naturally to us, but like there's still a lot to it, and yeah. it still has that MMO mentality in Destiny, where it's like there's a ton of shit, and I don't know where to like do this or do that or get this or get that. Like, 
Yeah. You know? I agree. Hell yeah. And I, I think that's why it's worth comparing. I think that's why it's worth kind of getting into. Um, and I think the action concept is one of the things that I liked so much about ESO is that you're definitely casting while you're moving. Whereas in WoW and Final Fantasy, you're, there is a lot more standing still, um, which is its own part of the depth. But there is, it's just something about the same way that Kingdom Hearts feels different than Final Fantasy, you know, eight. You know what I mean? For the combat, like they're both good sure. games. You both like them. But when you got that freedom to move around in Kingdom Hearts, hear me out. Hear me out. No, no you're like, doing you both like very... them. It's a strong. <laughs> you're... Okay. All right. You know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like they're both uh, games that have their fan bases. Mm-hmm. And when you get that freedom of, or, or here it is. Final Fantasy VII Remake, where uh, to compare to original Final Fantasy VII. There you go. You like them, right? But running around as Cloud and switching between your cast and your party feels so uniquely different than just waiting for their ATB gauge to fill up so that you can give them another command for them to enter that kind of in the queue, right? Um, th- there's just something about it, some, like a, a further connection that I, I think I get with the characters when you get to go and, and move around in the area like that. Hell yeah. Let's wrap this, uh, yeah. this show off guys. It's uh Let's do it. We went yeah. long. Uh, so clan affairs okay. this week, member of the week, Mr. Wong, Peter Wong he got, his mountaintop. got his mountaintop. He's the first back to back recipient of clan member of the week. <laughs> um, but congratulations, Peter on getting the, the mountaintop. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! You done it. Congratulations! You done it. <laughs> Cries, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Uh, and he is actually going to be. Uh, he refused to use it until we raided. So we're going to be doing a raid following the podcast. So I'm excited. Are you uh, going to stream it here? Gotta use it. Uh, we're not going to stream it. We're just playing uh, offline. We're doing it with some. It's actually going to be half our clan, half of uh, our uh, our friendly clan, Guardian Down, and we're going to be rolling through with them. Hell yeah. Uh, Shout outs to them. Speaking of streaming, though, our weekly schedule is up. Uh, the next thing on the stream will be me, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. It me. me. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Sean will pick it up that evening, though, Saturday evening. Uh, Sunday Fun Days is off for the week. Jared's going to a wedding. Uh, Monday, Comp with Lucas, a.k.a. Ixlock, is at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tuesday resets. That's perk. 7 p.m. Uh, I will right. hopefully have my new camera by then. Hopefully. And then hopefully. Wednesday... I got my new camera today, but I didn't get the thing to set it up, so it's just sitting here, and I didn't get to do anything with it, so that's fun. But now you get to no, shoot no, sick no, content yeah. with your GoPro, dude. Uh, I've got myself. got me a little little GoPro right there. Nice. Is that a, little, a Hero 5? A little tiny dude. This is a Hero 8. Oh! Yeah, dude. We got a hero eight. Hard. Yeah. Uh, so you got to get a, a capture card to get that. I, I already have a capture card. Apparently, oh. for the eight, uh, funny enough, I needed I need the unit that it sits in the like the media unit so that I can send HDMI out to my my capture card. So there's not even a mini oh. HDMI on the side of it, like the seven. No nope. rip. Oop. Because the new one is 4K and has the ability to be used as a webcam, um, but the webcam functionality only works on Mac OS and not PC yet. So caught between really the other way around. That's confusing. I know, dude. Right? It's weird. So yep. that's 
and that's where we're at. Oh, so, just reminded me, uh, Lucas is out of town Monday, so next Monday is going to be him. I might jump on in his stead, and we might just get some harebrained comp going for fun. Let's play Trials on Monday. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Um, okay, so, and then last but not least, Wednesday, uh, Crucible with Moose, a.k.a. the Mooseable. <laughs> Enter the Mooseable Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you haven't already, the channel is officially a Twitch affiliate, so hit that sub button if you feel like it. Uh, if you haven't heard of this thing called Twitch Prime, it is where you connect your Amazon Prime account. Hold on, let me go to my face. It's where you connect your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, and then you, you do this. Connect them. You do the fusion dance. Yes. Um, and once and you once your, your accounts are linked, you can actually support any stream here on Twitch uh, with a free subscription uh, once a month. It does not renew, so it will tell you how to do that. Um, guys, if you used your Twitch Prime sub here, we would really appreciate it. Um, we are nothing without the community, and we love you. If you guys are uh, not going anywhere, we're going to rate a channel. Uh, for those of you guys listening on Spotify and YouTube, we'll uh, see you guys next Thursday. Uh, this stream has been brought to you by Perks uh, Beanie. Underneath Perks Beanie is another beanie. Stick around. Uh, we're going to raid someone in just a second. <laughs>